Hey there, it's your girl Diamond Drip, bringing you the insights and strategy you need in 15 minutes or less. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the challenge model. If you're unfamiliar with what the challenge model is, think of your three-day challenge, your five-day challenge, whatever series of events that happen that are tied together by a theme, that's what you can deem a challenge as. Now, you can do that with video or without video because there are some funnels that are built around challenges where it's no live component at all. You're literally just sent a video training each day, and then there might be a Facebook group or a chat that you can engage with. But the most effective challenge formats are going to be ones that increase engagement. So if you can avoid doing the pre-recorded webinar, that would be awesome because that live scenario is where you're going to build the most no like, and trust. So challenges are effective because they're able to, from cold, not knowing who you are, come into the challenge, develop those five to seven touch points that is recommended in sales for people to know, like, and trust you enough to do business with you, all while growing. They literally get to experience whatever your service is, whatever your product is, for whatever time they sign up for the challenge, and they're able to get to know you during that time. That's why challenges are so, so much more effective than masterclasses. Yes, you can affect change in an hour or a 90-minute masterclass, but you can affect so much more sustained transformation over a longer period of time. So the challenge model is a great way if you have a program to introduce what it's like for people to work with you in your program, just like give them a little sample. Now, with that, because challenge models are so effective, I thought that I should make an episode giving a few tips on what you should know before you host one. The very first tip that I'm going to give is to do masterclasses first. If you've never hosted a three-day or a five-day or whatever day challenge before, I strongly encourage you to get a few masterclasses under your belt. Masterclasses allow you to get comfortable with teaching and to get comfortable with the structure of how you should be setting up your events so that they can convert effectively. So doing masterclasses is imperative. My summer and the first few months that I was working with my mentor was spent all about masterclasses. I would do sometimes two masterclasses a week, which was exhausting. I learned because clarity comes for taking action, but I did it. I did a bunch of masterclasses. The other suggestion that I would give is to do some mastermind groups for your niche for free. Now, these are different from masterclasses, for me, at least. I define masterclasses as you, as a speaker, putting together a set list of things that people are going to come to and learn from you uh, for or about, however you want to phrase that. So the masterclass is kind of like preset. When I think of masterminds, I think of like, yeah, there's probably going to be some structure. There's going to be an intro, maybe some networking, maybe some announcements. But for the most part, you're asking your participants to let you know what they're struggling with so that you as a group and as a coach or a leader or, you know, the expert in your industry can help them find solutions. So it's, it's more Q&A style unless I'm teaching you. 
these were imperative for me because the master classes allowed me to teach and then of course ask if anyone had questions or had bigger takeaways but the masterminds allowed me to see what the common problem areas were in business. I had no idea that my audience, service-based entrepreneurs, was struggling so much with niche clarity, but it continued to be a theme throughout the masterminds. So when it came time for me to host my own five-day challenge, I knew that niche clarity was going to be where we started. To that same point, if you're not comfortable leading a mastermind group just yet, I strongly encourage potential client interviews. When I sit down with my clients, I ask them if they've ever done this before. And if they haven't, I give them a proven framework for questions that they can ask to get the information that they need to make informed decisions about their business. Potential client interviews allow you to, well, interview someone who literally fits into your perfect client category. So for me, when I first started doing cl potential client interviews, I was interviewing diverse female service-based entrepreneurs who were either working full-time while trying to grow their business, or they had been in business a while, but they found themselves struggling to get to the next level of success. This allowed me to figure out exactly what the pain points were of my target audience in their language. And this helped me inform my marketing. Because if you're hosting an event or you're hosting a challenge and the title is not something that is something that your people are saying that they need, then it's really easy for people, especially in a time where we're trying to preserve our brain calories, they'll just scroll right by it. To that point, once you have the pain points, you want your challenge title to be super face test passing. You want people to immediately be able to think of who would be a good fit to recommend the challenge to, or if they would be able to identify that they want to participate themselves. For example, the face test passing tagline for my challenge was, are you ready to step out of overwhelm and into action. And then the name of the challenge is three keys to make marketing fun and grow your brand. Super clear. People who are overwhelmed with marketing, if you want to make it fun, come to this challenge. We're going to do some stuff. So it has to be super clear. The next thing that I want you to think about is what is going to be the theme of each day? Are the subjects going to build off of each other? Because when you get into the five-day challenge model, you have to think not everyone might be able to go to all five days. So if you make it in a model that doesn't build off of each other, People can come in for a couple of days and still get at least a couple of touch points more than they would have if they just said, no, I'm not coming at all. Another important tip that I want to give when it comes to the challenge model 
is to make sure that you're building value, but you're also building connection. So giving people an opportunity to engage with what it is that you're teaching them by offering call to actions, introducing some gamification, like whatever you can do to make learning fun, do it. Because those are going to be the things that increase connection, that increase people's ability to retain the information that you're giving them. And it also gives opportunity for people to know that you care. You're not just there to teach and sell them something. You actually want to connect with them. Okay, so you want a face test passing title. You want very clear themes and agendas for each day. You also want to think about how long you want to meet for each day. I originally was going to do this thing where I emailed a video early in the morning with like a five minute prompt or something. And then we would meet at 12 and then it was only going to be for 30 minutes just in case anyone had questions about the video. And then it would give them the day to like take action. And then we were going to meet at, I think it was 6.30 at night so that they could finish the day, get feedback if they had made a video. Like it was going to be too much. So you want to think about how long you want to meet for and you want to make sure that it's a time where it works for you first and foremost, but also it's going to work for your people. So if your audience um, are working for someone else, for example, and their schedule has them working literally nine to five, you don't want to do a challenge then, right? You don't want to do a challenge from 12 to one because they might be a lunch, but do they really want to go through the fumble and bumble, right? So you want to be considerate of your people's time and what works for you. The next thing I want to talk about is the landing page. On your landing page, you can go super clear with high converting just the face test passing name of the event. And then you can put the pertinent information, five-day challenge, meeting times, and just name, email. Do you want to register? And then have the sequence build on the back end to where it gives them information and it reminds them about the challenge. Very high converting, very clear cut. If you want to give some details about what each day is going to entail, that is cool. You can set it up, like I use Kajabi, so I can set it up to where like there's a little image by each day. Um, I did this for my three-day challenge. I made custom images for each day, like day one with like whatever the theme was, day two, whatever the theme was with images. Um, but this one, I just made one image because I'm like efficiency this time. It doesn't have to be uh, perfect. It just has to be effective. That's my like motto that I'm like starting to embrace, uh, letting go of my perfectionist ways. Um, 
But yeah, we want it to be something that people can easily navigate through and uh, sign up for any and everything that they might need to. You also would want to consider putting a video on the thank you page. I didn't have time to do it for this challenge, but I am making it a goal to make sure that that happens on my December challenge. So those are my top tips for if you want to do a challenge model to grow your business and set yourself up as an expert in your field by giving people a little taste. Until next video.